You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you as we start this new worship series called Hollywood Jesus. Some of you have done this as a small group before, but we haven't done it as a kind of a church-wide worship series. It's really about how the power uh, and the medium of, of film can uh, uh, emphasize our faith, can help us tell the story of who God is. Um, This past week, speaking of movies, we were uh, coming in from Pensacola. We were at the beach this week. We had two full days at the beach. uh, And and on the way back, which was supposed to be a seven-hour drive, ended up being a a ten-and-a-half-hour drive uh, back to uh, Shreveport. Bossier got in late last night. Uh, so as we're driving, you know, Christy and I would slap each other and trying to wake up and, and get there. So I quizzed. So Christy is a big movie buff and she loves movies. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's the new Jeremiah Davis film. Like she even knows like who the producers are and that kind of thing. So I quizzed her on who on what the top 10 movies of all time are, according to IMDb.com. And of course, every list like this is subjective. It depends on the source uh, and how they're measuring it. This particular IMDb uh, says that they've compiled this list of the top 10 movies that incorporates success at the box office, cultural relevance, awards that have been received, the director and the artistry of the film. So let's see if, let's see if you agree uh, with the, this top 10 list of uh, the greatest movies of all time. Number 10, Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. Good movie. Long, uh, but good movie. Number nine, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, that's a good one. I think we might talk about that in a couple weeks, so act surprised when you hear it again. Number eight, The Wizard of Oz. Right? That holds up. Well, yeah, Wizard of Oz. Number eight. Number seven. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. It's gone with the wind. Yeah, uh, uncultured swine. It's gone with the wind. That's the... Yeah. Number... No, frankly, my dear. Yeah, you got that reference. Yeah. Number six, Citizen Kane. Oh, but that's number six. Usually that's like number one on all the lists. So this, is, this list gets interesting. Number six, Citizen Kane. Number five, Casablanca. Right? Good movie. Good film. Number four, and this is the interesting one. This is the variable, Raging Bull. They call Raging Bull the number four greatest movie of all time. Number three, Schindler's Schindler's List. Number two, The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, good movie. Number one, can you guess what the number one movie is? Titanic? Nope, not Titanic. Here's a hint. Um, Give you an offer you can't refuse. Right? Yeah? One of these days I'm going to ask you for a favor. Right? The Godfather, the Godfather is the number one movie of all time, according to this list. Uh, And of course, my wife said, There weren't women choosing that list, were there? (laughs) Godfather, number one, Shawshank Redemption, number two. Raging Bull, number four. I love it. It's so good. Movies are a powerful medium. Um, Movies seem to be the way we have chosen to tell our story as a culture and as a people. For example, uh, Avengers Endgame made 
a billion dollars its opening weekend. I don't care how popular a book you have written, it ain't making a million dollars in the first week that it's released. Whether it's uh, books or artwork or dance, movies seem to be the way that we choose to tell our story as a culture. Now, social media is beginning to shift that a bit, but for now, movies is the capital of our cultural conversation right now. A case in point, the number one grossing American movie of all time is still Gone with the Wind from 1939. There was a golden age of the story, and it's only continued since there. Movies are a powerful medium for communicating our story. And we are people of a story. We are people of the book. We are people of God's word. Story is who we are. But we have to be careful in the way that we tell that story. I love how in the scripture lesson today, uh, the author of the Gospel of John... Did I read the scripture lesson? All right, so the scripture lesson today... It's from the Gospel of John, John 21, verses 24 through, there it is. All right, so this is great. Uh, This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and has written them, and we know that his testimony is true, but there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. The really cool thing about that is we are people of the book, we are people of God's story, but even in God's story it says, look, if I wrote down everything that Jesus did, the world itself could not contain it. So yes, we are people of the book, but we are even more. There is even more to the story, even even things that couldn't be written down. So how do we share this story that cannot be contained in a book? And movies is a way uh, to do this, but once scripture meets script, there are some decisions we have to make. How do we tell this story through the medium of film? How has it been told? Is the most appropriate thing to uh, videotape yourself reading the gospel? Is that the most appropriate way to tell the stories? And even so, uh, where do you start? Do you start at the beginning of Matthew and just kind of read until the end of John? How do you do this? And if not, which stories do you highlight and which stories hit the editor's cutting room floor? The Gospels do this, or at least in in, in the Gospels, for example, the feeding of the 5,000, a miracle recorded in all four Gospels, though each Gospel tells that story in a slightly different way. Each version of that story has a slightly different flavor to it. The Gospels don't contain everything. For example, the Gospel of Luke uh, is the only one that contains the parable of the prodigal son. Jesus' birth is not recorded in either Mark or John. And Matthew's Gospel is the only one that records uh, Herod's slaughtering of the innocents. Even the Gospel authors had to leave something. I don't know if they had to leave something out, but they did, seemingly. When we share our story of faith, uh, decisions have to be made. When you put Jesus on film, when scripture meets script, decisions have to be made. Andy Crouch in his book, Culture Making, says sometimes these decisions are solely based on uh, uh, format, or at least form dictates content, often. Often form dictates content. The medium you choose to tell your story sometimes affects the story itself. Like, for example, who said in the 1950s and 60s 
that a, um, a pop song had to be less than three minutes long. The record did. You couldn't fit something with more than three minutes uh, on a record. So the record dictated the content that was on it. They were limited by uh, the technology that they had, right? Movies, even though it is a powerful medium and the technology is amazing, movies are also limited in the way that they tell a story, in the ways that they can tell a story. For example, uh, have you seen Jesus of Nazareth? Uh, it's a miniseries. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth is a great film, and they're, they're part of the role of Jesus of Nazareth in the way that they are presenting Jesus is through realism. Uh, they studied the costumes. They shot on location. Um, it's 386 minutes long, right? Most of us could read all of the Gospels in less time than it takes for Jesus of Nazareth from beginning uh, to end. Though they're after realism, it's so very interesting. Even though they're after realism, uh, almost everyone in uh, the show has uh, a received pronunciation accent. They have an English accent. Um, And it's because that accent, they sound like royalty. Uh, That accent, because of course Jesus spoke the Queen's English in the Holy Land, in the Middle East, right? Um, But this accent gives authority. It, it, It holds authority, at least in our culture. Uh, you tend to listen to, to that accent. You know, it'd be different if, like, Jesus was from Liverpool. You know, it just doesn't have the same, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Like, it doesn't, it just doesn't work, right? You know, or like, uh, I love when in Star Wars, um, they were talking about why they chose a certain accent. Um, and Finn, who's in Star Wars, has, has an American accent. He said, because we tried it. You know, I'm a stormtrooper, I'm here to save ya. He goes, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work, right? Accents play a role. But that is a specific decision that the director made in that film. We're telling a Jesus story, but everyone has a received pronunciation accent? That's interesting. Uh, The actor who portrays Jesus has blue eyes, which is probably not historically accurate. So when Scripture meets script, when we're uh, portraying Jesus on film, some decisions have to be made. How are we going to portray Jesus? Who's the actor that is tasked with that job? And maybe more to the point is, which Jesus do we choose to portray? Do we portray the rather stoic and calm and collected Jesus of Jesus of Nazareth? Do we portray the radical hippie of Jesus Christ Superstar? You know, My temple should be a house of prayer, right? Should Jesus be a happy clown like in Godspell? Telling stories of the parables, walking around, bringing disciples together, having fun. Which Jesus do we choose to portray? And before we kind of uh, uh, negate and, and push that aside, I'm thinking these, these movies are portraying a kind of, we do the same thing in the way that we portray Jesus in our daily walk. If I were to ask you, Jesus is fill in the blank. Now, you can say Messiah, you can recite the Apostles' Creed, but what I'm really after is, who is Jesus to you? Do you at first see Jesus as a healer? Do you at first blush see Jesus as a teacher? Do you see Jesus as sacrifice? At first blush, do you see Jesus as Lord? The way we answer that question affects the way we present the story of Jesus. 
not only do they have to pay attention to how they portray Jesus uh, on film, what Jesus looks like, how Jesus speaks, how Jesus carries himself, um, they also have to pay attention to the way that Jesus is framed. Right? So in, 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 in um, film, right, you have, you have a letterbox, right? You have to frame every shot matters, right? How do you frame Jesus? How do you present Jesus? What are the surroundings? What are the other characters? How do they respond to Jesus? It's not just about who Jesus is. It's also about the people around him. It's fascinating when we put all of this on film of the stories we actually tell. The camera, the camera also tells a story that goes beyond the dialogue and the actors within it. The camera itself tells a story. And to show this, I want to show two uh, quick clips. Uh, the first is from Jesus of Nazareth. And I'll prime the pump a little bit. I want you to pay attention in the framing, the story the camera is telling. For example, at the beginning, uh, Jesus is calm and cool and collected and in charge. And he is framed by the doorway, which kind of symbolizes that he is the temple. And even though he's, not, he's a non-anxious presence, and he's not up there and he's mad, he is totally in control. And just a fun footnote, in Jesus of Nazareth, just a side note, the actor who portrays Jesus only blinks once on camera. Because they wanted Jesus and Jesus of Nazareth to have this kind of otherworldly kind of presence. And it is unnerving when you're watching this film and you realize that he doesn't blink through the entire movie. Save one moment. And we'll get to that later. Not today, but we'll get to that later. So take a peek. This is uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, Both of these scenes... Sorry, man. I'm a little rattled. Um, uh, We got in late late last night. Both of these scenes are Jesus before Pilate as a comparison. So the first is Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus before Pilate. Let's check it out. Is this the man you think so dangerous? This? The man that aspires to be a king? Come, come, come. Now, the leaders of the Sanhedrin accuse you of preaching perverted doctrines. Come. They also say you call yourself the king of the Jews. Well, are you king of the Jews? If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would have fought to prevent me from being captured. Oh, you speak of a kingdom. Therefore, you must be a king. Are you a king? I am. I was born for one purpose. To bear witness to the truth. All who can accept the truth hear my voice. And what? is the truth. 
<laughs> now that you know that he doesn't blink in the movie, you will never not see that. Notice, at the beginning of the clip, the camera is shooting Jesus from below, so Jesus looks above it all and in charge. Pilate is sitting. Jesus is standing. When Pilate says, come, and, he went, and when Pilate finally says, stop, Jesus takes one extra step after, he've said, after he has said, stop. They mean to communicate that Jesus is in control of all of this. We get quite a different picture from Passion of the Christ. Same part of Scripture where Jesus is before Pilate, uh, but pay attention. In that first clip, the the camera was shooting Jesus uh, from below, so Jesus looks taller and above it all. Watch how they begin, or Mel Gibson, begins this scene, same Scripture, very different angle of who he interprets to be in charge of this moment. Let's take a peek at that. This is Passion of the Christ. And so both of these scenes 
portray the same bit of scripture, but in very, very different ways. In the first one, Pilate is sitting and then stands to confront Jesus. In the second, Pilate is above, the camera is below, so it looks like Pilate is larger in charge, but then ends that scene with Pilate seated. It's an inverse in both of those scenes. All of these things matter. The way that, that Jesus is presented on screen, uh, which Jesus they choose to present on screen, and the way that the camera works. What story is the camera telling? And that sometimes is the harder question to answer because it's almost uh, subconscious in the way that the camera does what the camera is doing. And that's, that's really part of our job as Christians. That's part of our role It's not just the words that we say in our deeds, it's the way we present Christ's story in the world. Not if we share our faith, but when we share our faith. How are we doing it? Sometimes we're very explicit in the ways that we do that, sometimes we're not. For example, what does, for example, as as kind of a a subconscious uh, way of of, uh, portraying what we think about Jesus, what does our sanctuary say? about what we value as a community of faith in terms of, in terms of the gospel. Have you considered that? What is it that we hold most dear as a people? Our architecture tells a story. The way we present ourselves tells a story. Every action is like every shot in a movie. Sometimes it's the words that carries it. Sometimes it's the framing, our actions, that carry it. So I've given you some homework I've given you some homework this week. I want you to watch a Jesus movie. Uh, Whether it's Passion of the Christ or Son of God or Jesus of Nazareth, bring snacks to that one uh, because it's 386 minutes long. Gather people together. Maybe just in your own home or, or, or families get together. Watch a movie. See how Jesus is being portrayed on film. This will make sense uh, more next week uh, when we get there. But see how Jesus is being portrayed in film. Take close attention to the way the camera is also telling a story. It's a bit hidden. It's a bit under the surface, but it's maybe even more powerful than the action itself, as we saw in these two different stories, two different scenes. So, item number one for homework is watch a Jesus movie. Check it out. Uh, Check it out. And number two, share your faith with someone. Maybe maybe you start with a trusted friend. (laughs) What would it look like to start a conversation somewhere? Work on how we frame the gospel story out in the world. It matters. It matters. As we continue to tell God's story through all that we do. So I'm really super interested in what movie you choose to watch. Tell me about it uh, during the week. Though we'll be on mystery trip. Uh, It'll be hard to check email in California, but... Um, I'm kidding. We're not going to California. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we give you thanks that you have given us the greatest story ever told. The story of salvation. The story of grace. The story of why anything is. Help us to tell this story through our actions, through our words, through our deeds. Help us to present Jesus well especially to those who need to hear it. May we communicate the Jesus that speaks with us to those who need to feast on this word. Give us the courage to go out 
and offer this story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.